Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Shane Beard with Firehouse Fitness out of the UK. Shane, what is going on, man? Happy Thursday. How are we feeling today? Good, good, good. Really, yeah, uh, really happy to to be here, get involved in there. Uh, let's just yeah. see how this goes. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we're excited to have you on, and I think we're ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Firehouse Fitness here. But you know, first. We want to give you an opportunity to go ahead and give the viewers a little perspective, right? So in your words here, Shane, how would you describe Firehouse Fitness and what you folks do? We we always try to describe ourselves as what we call a commercial boutique. So we saw a gap in the market between the boutique model and the, the bigger chain gyms. Uh, I mean, we have Pure Gym over here. I think it's Planet, Planet Fitness, is it, um, over in America? So yeah. we noticed that they... they you you literally got lots and lots of service, good quality, um, front-ended, front-loaded service with a good quality product. That's just a given. Or the other extreme was walk through the front door, no one speaks to you. It's cheap, it's cost-effective, but it's as if everyone's avoided that gap in the middle. And we understand why. Generally, it's better to be the most expensive in the market or to be the cheapest in the market rather than fighting for that gap. But since the... 2008 crash we've definitely noticed that everyone's scattered left or right so we figured that that was the sweet spot for us so our products based around a sort of mid-market range we sit in the middle we're always staffed constantly when we're open but we still also offer a really good price point where people can access it on the multi-level of tiers whether that's just gym right up to wanting some personal training packages I love that. I love that, Shane. I'm glad you find that median. And I think it's a great point to a lot of the viewers here that, you know, there is that soft spot, right? You can be on the low end, you can be on the top end, right? But it's really just a matter of where you want to fit on that spectrum. And I'm glad you find your spot. So I appreciate the explanation there, Shane. Let's dive right into it here. We'll start with the bare bones basics, of course. Shane, how many members are you serving currently? We've currently got sat about three and a half to 4,000. Obviously that fluctuates depending on where we are, where we are in the year, or where we are in the month. Um, generally, we do most of our signups between September and March. That's the seasonality standpoint, really, as you yeah. can imagine. Exactly, one hundred percent true. Hit it right on the head there, especially with the traditional gyms here. And so, now for that, I mean, obviously, you being more of a traditional gym here, I think it's definitely a little unique, a little different in terms of what a studio would experience. So, I want to ask you this: I mean, how? Or what has been, a better question here, what has been the best method to get new people through the door? How do you get people interested? I think at this minute in time, if you want a guarantee, you can't be using social media. <laughs> you know, they, you've got everything in front of you. You've got a pretty much a guarantee cost acquisition or through Google. Um, yeah, it's always great to have a good brand campaign running in the background. But I think for the first time ever, and I don't know how long it's going to last, you can spend £10 and pretty much predict what you're going to get back for it. You can spend £100, you can pretty much predict what you're going to get back for it. I accept that you need money to do that. If not, I'd say... JJ? I'm here. Can you hear me? Sorry, yeah, you cut off there, mate. You disappeared. Am I still... Am I disappeared? I can hear you. I can see you. But... Yeah, you're there now. Sorry. Okay. Um, sorry, what did I get to? Do you need to cut that? That's fine. We'll, we'll have the editors cut it out. No big deal. Right, um, sorry about that. You literally disappeared off my screen. Um, so I jumped back in. Uh, um, yeah. So we, we, I think that you can, if you can afford it, absolutely go with, with a good quality agency, or if you can do it yourself, go through social media. Make sure you've got a good brand campaign being built in the background so people recognize that who you are. But at this minute in time, acquisition's king. You know, the, the longer you can take to the longer you can afford to lose money and get the ROI, you're the one that's going to be still standing. And and I think that's key here. And that spectrum's vast, by the way. You know, you you 
some people can need the return in two weeks. Some people need it in two years. I, I can't speak for anyone, but yeah, that'd be my advice. If if I could do anything, I'd definitely, definitely push towards acquisition. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. I think a lot of the viewers should, should understand that as well. And so now, I mean, hypothetically speaking here, of course, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited here. I mean, how much higher can you go? I think we, we, we roughly have a capacity each side of 2,000 to 2,500. So as you grow, okay. lots of different things impact you. So at this minute in time, we've had the pandemic. You know, that's cost us a chunk of money, probably the cost of opening a new site. Then you've got to find the new site and you've got to get the planning on the new site and you've got to make sure the site fits the mosaic profiling, i.e. it's got the demographic in the area, the footfall. So there's always a different um, block that you've got to get past the bigger you go. But I think provided we can find the sites and there's, there's the, the market share there, that's another thing. Uh, I think we could... I love the idea of pushing to 20, 30 sites in this next decade. We've we've spent the last 10 years just refining the model, tweaking it, making sure we get the processes right, making sure the KPIs are tracked, you know, we've, to the penny, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And making sure we've got the right people, that's the key, in my opinion. Generally, if you've got the processes in place, it's it's only really people that can excel it or cause problems, you know? So it's making yeah. sure you're a good leader. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it really comes down to who's leading the pack, right? I think the conviction, the experience that the, your, your front facing, uh, I'm sorry, the front facing employees will provide are going to come off of, off of yourself, right? Who's leading the pack there. So uh, a great point there for the viewers. I, I really appreciate you sharing that there too, Shane. And so um, off of the idea of, of, of members and growth here, I mean, Look, I know you're at what, the 4,000 plus here with members. I mean, I know being at 100 or even 200 members is a lot to track and a lot to manage. How do you manage tracking, I mean, in the thousands here? I mean, how do you manage that, Shane? I think, I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm not sure if many, I'm not sure how many people are listening that have leaned towards a traditional model, JJ, but we find that we probably only have a 15 to 20% usage rate. So actually, the people that we sign up, statistically, they're not going to attend. And there's a multiple reasons why. I genuinely believe about eight out of ten people now don't attend the gym because they like it. They attend for an outcome. And yeah. the problem with that is, is if you sit someone in front of horror movies and they hate them three times a week, chances are they're not going to start to like them. <laughs> so they're going to Very start. True. And... Yeah, there's a degree of protection a business has to put in place by putting people in contracts and stuff like that. But I think as you get bigger, it's getting the basics right. You know, the I think as an industry as a as a whole, until we start rewarding participation or showing up as much as we reward the outcome, reward the outcome, we'll not win anyway. The market dictates that, but. Yeah. We have an ethos of if you walk through that front door, we say hello and we treat you as if you've just dropped 10 pounds. It starts there, not after you've achieved something, not after we've got some sort of social proof to say that the concept works because it's, in my eyes, that's backwards. So it starts with just a, a kind face, JJ, saying hello, getting to know people. Yeah. And I think if you deliver a good level of service, people naturally keep attending at a certain time. And then the natural outcome is community. So they actually end up nurturing themselves. So you're just the glue in the background that just goes around and make sure everyone's speaking to each other. Has everyone got a drink? That's how I always sell it to staff, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you can't cognitively juggle that many relationships. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with when they're a one-man band or a small team you know, you think that the issue is capital or you, is market share. And it's, it's really not. To get to that next level, it's understanding that you cannot manage probably more than 50 relationships at any one time. And then you get one in one out syndrome. You know, and you go, oh God, it must be because branding is wrong or it, it, it must be because product needs changing. And it's really not. It's just that people naturally are attracted to people. And every time you add in another 50, 60, 100, 
you need another person to be able to service it. So your job is to make sure the people that are servicing your members are kind, caring, look after, share the company's values. So yeah. the, the block really is people for growing, if you know what I mean, not yeah. external stuff. No, it's true. I hit it right on the head with that conviction portion. I think it's so true. I think it's so true. It really is difficult. I mean, again, you're talking thousands here. It's hard to manage. And it is definitely difficult. I mean, obviously, individually for each of it's going to be hundreds, but still, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot mm. to manage there. So uh, I appreciate the response there. It's a great answer there, Shane. And, and you're going to ask a little bit of a longer-winded question here, okay? And it's a good question, a good kind of way to self-reflect here. Um, you know, Shane, in, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business we use pretty predominantly, right? It's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, right? Getting people through the door. Your acquisition, which is your sales, converting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. Mm -hmm. So Shane, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Retention, tenfold at this minute in time, especially because we've just come out of an unprecedented time. And I genuinely believe people's behaviors changed during the pandemic. So when everything was closed, and I think people's behaviors have changed again in this last 12 months. So actually, we thought we're showing up to the gym when everything opened back up 12, 18 months ago. They're not the same people. They've got different values. They want different things. So retention for me, and that actually is not a process issue. It's a getting to know people and understanding people again issue, yeah. which unfortunately that takes time. So you've just got to, you've got to stay in there. Yeah. Shane, I appreciate the honesty and transparency on that, on that response. I mean, you can still put success to the side here, you know, with, you know, having as many members as you do and the success you have made in between here um, and, and what you've started with. I think it's amazing that you can still admit that there's room for improvement. And I think that's a very big perspective shift for the viewers and, and for everyone listening. I think they should understand that there is more that can be accomplished. There's always room for improvement. So thank you for that, Shane, seriously. And uh, I got two more questions for you here, Shane. My two favorite questions. What's the bigger picture for you, Shane? I mean, I know you guys have been open for, I think it was 11 years I saw. Uh, yeah. I mean, what's next? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? I think for the next three years, it's drilling down on processes, getting everything sharp, you know, making sure everything works correctly. Aim for five sites in and around the area where we are, um, making sure we are covering pretty much the whole of Sheffield where we're based in the UK. At that point, I'd like to probably go and speak to a venture capitalist or someone bigger and then look at trying to open a site every mm, six months minimum and really get a ball a kick. Because like, why not? <laughs> if you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, and in 10 years' time, I love the idea that we've got we've got a, a independent chain that started up with its own independent money and we're competing with the likes of pure gym or gym group which are the uk equivalent of planet fitness so you know yeah. it, it, but i understand it takes time you know good quality brands yeah. take a long time a long long time to be built people want to know that what they're spending the money on nowadays as well as as uh, good values as well and um, the best interest to its uh, consumer. Yeah. Shane, I think uh, when you can have that delayed gratification, like you, you have and be patient to, to get this bigger picture. I mean, like you've been doing this for 11 years, you know, you started off as a personal trainer. I mean, you've came a long way as is, and I think there's still in your eyes, a longer way to go as well. But I, I think it's amazing. The ambition, the hunger, and, and it's not an unrealistic feat either. I think you're very, very, uh, you're one number one convicted in what you're going to accomplish, what you're going to do. And it's not even a matter of if or what, it's just a matter of when, <laughs> you know, and I can see it in your, like, you're just, you know, you're going to get there. I love that, man. Uh, it's a big congratulations. That was a mic drop of an answer, but I got one more question for you. It would have been a great place to close it out there. Cause I was like, what? I felt that man. I was like, Ooh. But uh, I got, I got to go in for you here, man. And I'm curious to see your response here. I think you've given a lot of great responses today. And I think this is going to be a good one as well. Um, you know, Shane, if you can go back in time, 11 years here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, Shane. What would that advice be for you? Hmm. 
get out your own way. Put your ego to bed. Trust people quicker. In fact, just trust people from the outset because you would get to where you wanted to be twice as fast. 100%. I think when you start out and you've got that hunger, and generally most entrepreneurs or anyone that wants to be self-employed is generally doing it from a drive that eventually becomes obsolete. Like your reason for starting up your why generally it's not scalable. You can't really scale your why because your drive, your competitiveness, your, your need to win, your wanting a pat on the back, wherever, wherever it comes from. 99% of the people that do this generally have had something happen to them to put them in this position. I think it would be critical for me to say to myself, just put it to bed. You know, you, the business started to scale quickly the minute I got out of the way, the minute I didn't need to be the face of it, the minute I took a step back, the minute I trusted someone to run sales, to run marketing, the team scaled, tripled. You know, we went from 15 staff to 50 staff. You know, and and yeah, there's always stuff that goes wrong. And yeah, it can always be finely oils. But this ties back into what I was saying earlier. You know, you can't scale relationships. You can't. You as an individual can only juggle so many. And you've got a question. If you can't take a step back from them, what is it that you're getting that you can't let go of? It's definitely something in that for me. And I think that's that's what I'd say to myself. It won't be about acquisition. It, it won't be about marketing. It won't be about doing something a different way. You know, they are systems. And if you're hungry enough, you can find those systems out there. You know, there's we're not reinventing the wheel. You know, most stuff is tried and tested just in a different box. You know, acquisition, speak to people, talk to them, get to know them. You know, marketing, it's brand awareness or tactical. It's HR has been HR for as long as we can remember. The laws have not changed. You know, what changes is the relationships. And you've got to make sure that you're in a space where, you know, you you can move through that like glue. Your job's to be the glue. It's it's not shiny. It don't get a pat on the back. Not for the first 20 years anyway. But when you've got this big established business in 20 years time, someone comes on and goes, that will build well. They obviously use the right glue. And that's my mentality for it. Get out your own way. Be comfortable with being the glue. Let people thrive. Employ people that are smarter than you. That's what I do. Shane, that was a mic drop of an answer. I didn't think you were going to top the other one, but this was, <laughs> that was a heck of an answer there, man. Look, uh, this is a good place to wrap things up on this episode here, Shane. But before we sign out, I mean, please, Shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Oh, just if you jump onto Google and type in Firehouse Fitness, obviously it's Firehouse Fitness UK, everything up up on, up on there, all the Instagram handles, LinkedIn's, uh, Facebook, everything's on there. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm not on any social media really other than that. If anyone wants to shoot me a DM or wants to catch up, by all means, fire across to us. Gotcha, Shane. I appreciate the time and contribution today to the podcast. And we look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for like one more second here, just so I can let you know how I can get you the podcast. Yep. I'd appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Yep. Awesome, Shane. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Stu from T2 Fitness out of Swindon, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show. How are you today, Stu? I'm great. Thank you for having me. 
I'm excited to learn more about what you do within your fitness related business. Um, I guess before you kind of tell us how you got started here, typically that's how I, you know, like to kick things off is tell us a little bit about what you do first so that our listener really grasps what we're talking about here. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I run a business that has kind of two arms, T2 Fitness, which trains the public to become certified trainers um, or any other fitness related qualifications. Um, And then I also have a secondary business as a part of that, which is T2 Awards, and that creates uh, bespoke content for other educational businesses to utilize. Um, So we make that content white labeled so you can have your logos on it and those sorts of things so that they can then use that with their students. So so that's in a nutshell what I kind of do. We travel around training people at different gyms um, to upskill their staff, upskill the industry and, and hopefully give a better product to um, to the members of, of health clubs and the, and the industry at large. Got it. So tell me a little bit about why, like, why did you decide to open up this business? Because there is a little bit of a, you know, a story behind that, obviously. And I think that that's equally as important as what you do is like why you do it. Mm, yeah. So um, I've been in fitness. I've worked in fitness for 22 years. Um And in that time, I guess I've worn lots of different hats. Um, And it was roughly 14 years ago, I started doing education. So I was, I was a successful trainer, uh, working with lots of, lots of clients. So public clients um, and getting results for those clients. Um, But for me, I really wanted to try and work with people who also wanted to be in the industry. I felt like I could mentor people into the industry based on my experiences uh, and hopefully increase the standards of the training that was offered in the in the in the gyms local to me, um, and that was I guess a little bit of a humble thought process, and it became a much larger situation than that, where people now we have, have students all over the place that that want to increase their knowledge. Um, so for me, it really was about having a captive audience that wanted to learn, wanted to develop their careers, and also would then belong to a community. Um, which I never really had when I came into the into the game. So um, I want to make sure that students don't feel left behind. So when they, grad- they graduate and they go into working in a health club, they're not on their own. They can pick the phone up and email me or whatever, and we can sit and, and, and help them in their longer-term career. Great. So, Sue, with the, you know, T2 side of things, walk me through some of the things that you train your trainers on. Okay. So if you were working at the bank and you decided you'd had enough and you really wanted to get into becoming a trainer, then we can take you from that very start position of the fitness instructor qualification or gym instructor qualification, and then progress you in any number of different avenues. So we can make you into a personal trainer and get you certified in that. You can certify to be a sports massage therapist, a back pain specialist, a strength and conditioning coach, a kettlebell trainer, a studio cycling instructor. So there's a there's a, a lot of things that need to be done to get you there. But the idea is that when you enter the gym floor, everybody on that gym floor is qualified to be there. And we offer the qualifications to get you there. So we get a lot of people that are looking at career change, especially post-pandemic. People kind of took stock of what was important to them. And you know, they want to do something that they they really enjoy, that they're passionate about. So that's that's what we do. So we do 15 different courses. And hopefully we have, we do have a lot of people that start with us um, and then come back to us year on year for extra qualifications and certifications. Okay. Okay. So more so like what you guys do is on the qualification certification side of things, not necessarily like the business, you know, if this person wants to open up their own personal training business, you train them on the certifications that they need to, to kind of get there. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And then, I mean, when you're, you're in, in the fitness industry, like we are for, you sort of go through the ranks, so to speak, and you've got a large network of people that are at your disposal. So when someone, we've had a number of students who have graduated and opened their own facilities and then might lean on us to, you know, help them with equipment uh, purchasing or uh, the business model of how their their particular facility is going to operate is it going to be a membership base are they doing just personal training are they renting space to other trainers are they employing trainers or are they freelance so we we help them with their business development at the same time 
So there's a lot that kind of goes into that. But the idea for myself and my colleagues is that we always want people to consider calling us as a resource. You know, so if you need something qualification and a paperwork wise, we have that for you. But equally, call on our experience if you want uh, to utilize our network. We have that too for you. So it's a one stop shop, really. Yeah, definitely something that a lot of people in this industry can, can kind of utilize. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I hear gym owners really struggling with is the marketing side of things. How do they get the word out to their clients? And I think in your situation, you know, with what you're doing, it's probably similar. Like you have to market this service to get clients. So walk me through what you guys are actively doing to aid that growth process in finding new clients to take advantage of what you have to offer. Sure. So we employ um, someone that does our social media and web management. Um, so Charlie takes care of those things for us um, start to finish. So there's a lot of strategy involved. I think when it comes to the social media area and marketing at, you know, in, a, in a more global sense with Google or AdWords and things like that, people tend to go, I'm going to throw loads of stuff at this. Hopefully something's going to stick. Whereas what we tend to do is look at more strategy based things. Who really is our demographic? Who are we trying to speak to? How do they want to be spoken to? And when are we trying to speak to those people? So we really focus our postings on whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it might be. We look at those things with a, a much finer lens to see who we're really trying to approach. Um, uh, trainers might want um, particular qualifications, but the public may not know. They want to be a trainer, but they don't know how to get there. So we try to take it all the way back to even the, the, the wording that we're using so that it speaks to the specific, specific demographics we're trying to get hold of. Um, and then it's a case of, uh, and I'll tell you this to students all the time, I want you to be consistent. So often when we start a business, we're all over our advertising, marketing, you're doing leaflets, you're in the streets talking to people, you're on social media all the time, stories, reels, everything is, is, is all, um, all systems go. And then you get a little busier and you fall, fall away from it. So I would prefer you to have two posts a day that you can continue to generate and commit to those two posts a day, do them ahead of time, schedule them potentially. And anything else you do on top of that is, is a bonus rather than going 25 posts a day for your first two weeks and then disappearing. And it's right. about consistency, right? So the other thing I always try to consider when it comes to marketing is who we really are. We're not trainers um, that need to be, um, I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm not, you're not going to see me on there flexing. That's not what, that's not what the business is about, right? I want it to be a, a space where people look at and go, that looks like a fun, safe, nice environment to learn. And it's educational. So I would always tell students the same thing. What is your business about? And think about what your demographic is seeing. Do they need to see you in your underwear? Maybe they do. Right. Maybe that's before and after photos is really what you're going for. In that case, great. Go ahead and do that. But it should be a consistent message. And that's what we try to do. OK, so consistency. And when, you know, since you guys have a pretty active presence on those platforms and, and you're consistent, how many new, I guess, leads for clients would you get every week? Um, I think we, we, get, we get a lot of generation, a lot of traffic to the site. Um, everything we do is based on learn more rather than just sign up. Um, I'm not aggressive okay. at all in that way. So we get a lot of people that come through asking just questions. Um, so I would say on average, we get, we get a few people each day at least asking the questions about the basic courses, the fundamental courses. Um, and it might just be information gathering at this point, but I tend to... I tend to kind of keep hold of those people in terms of conversation if they need anything, even if they decide to educate with somebody else and you want to ask me a question, I'm happy to answer those questions. Like I'm not exclusive about those sorts of things because um, yeah. it's a case of they need to be doing the right course for them. Right. So that, that's the most important thing. So, yeah, we, we typically, I typically speak to a lot of people each day, um, but firm kind of, I guess, lead generation would be between three and five people per day will speak to me about different things. Um, and then of those people, obviously, some people are just at the very early stages of, of consideration. And some people are phoning up saying, listen, where do I pay? I want to join. You know, so it's sort of very variable. 
yeah, walk me through kind of your sales process. What does that look like? You know, you have a client inquire or a lead inquire and they're like, you know, you have a phone call with them and email, you know, conversation, whatever it might be. Um, what does the process look like after that to get them to convert to one of your programs? Mm -hmm. um, well, I tend to, to go information heavy early on um and give them everything they need to go away with and then open the door to a follow-up so if they want to speak to me email me text me whatever i'm happy to do that um but i tend to then leave it a few days i i don't i, I never go hard sell it's not my style i don't i always look at it like if i'm walking through the street and someone immediately approaches me trying to sell me something i tend to immediately back off from that um so i don't want to be that taking that approach so it's very non-aggressive um i'll tend to leave it a few days and just follow up with did you have a think you know have you got any further questions at that point there's typically more more questions and they become a little bit more specific you know i've been thinking a lot about the online course how does that vary or differ from the in-house course um where is it based how many days have i got to do and things like that so i i always try to to consider again try and be compassionate to the person's feelings that I'm trying to speak to. I don't want to come across as pushy because um, at the end of the day, if you sign somebody up and it's almost under false pretenses, they're going to feel like they've been kind of through the mill with you. And now you've got a really difficult job on your hands to make sure that they have a good experience. So everything we do is to create a good experience. And I think that goes the same with gym owners. You know, it's your, you told me earlier, you, you run a facility well, if that, that facility has a certain um, feel, energy aspect to it, and you know that it's not for this type of demographic, you're setting that person up to fail by selling them a membership. So it right. needs, I fully believe that there's enough people to be running your facility, to be there to make sure it's profitable. So we don't need people that are going to change that, that, that energy in a negative way. And that's, that's always an approach I've taken. Um, if you're, if you come in and you try to, you get a lot of people that will sort of ask you, is there a deal to be had? And again, it's for me, there's, in, there's integrity in the pricing that we, that you have for a business. Right. So I think it's important to, to honor that. Um, and you might do a deal on a membership if someone signs up for 12 months in advance or, or something similar, but it should, it should suit the business. And otherwise you're effectively saying, you're right. It's not really worth that. I'm just trying to get that out of you. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So. No, for sure. We should we should never devalue our business and ourselves just because you know so and so is inquiring and they want a discount. Like it's just mm. not worth it. Those are not the clients that we want that are going to stick around. That's the thing. It's yes. like we want somebody that's going to come to us time after time. We don't want somebody who's just going to come to us just because we have a bargain that we're pushing out and and, and whatever. So um, yeah. I'm I'm glad that I got to kind of hear your take on you know the sales piece there. Now, I do want to, you know, I have one final kind of more loaded question for you, and I wanted to save a little bit of time for this. How do you see this business growing and evolving? If you could have a magic wand, all your goals and dreams for this, you know, business, for both of your businesses were able to come true, what would that picture look like for you? Um, I think uh, sitting at the center of them, as, like personally, I... I see my role now after this amount of time more in terms of development and mentorship. So I teach a lot of the courses um, firsthand, but for me, it's, it's opportunity created for other people who have a similar um, passion ethos outlook to myself. So there are other businesses that will come to me that want to utilize our content. Um, and that for me then is kind of saying, okay, what do you, what does this person need from me? It might not be the public that want to be trained in, to be certified as a trainer. I know what they need, but what is it you're lacking, right? And I can hopefully fill that void. So someone that's brand new to education and wants to know, you know, how to structure their timetable of learning, then I'll do that with you, you see? So for me, I see the, the mentorship side growing much, much more than, than anything else. Um, and it, the other aspect we're trying to actively do at the moment is find like-mind facilities. So I don't want to just teach anywhere. I want that place to feel like you walk in and it's, it's the right environment to learn from. So there are a couple of facilities, uh, one in London. Um, we're looking at places in different areas uh, in order to make sure that, that we're running our courses in facilities that are 
equal to the quality we're trying to teach. So we're, we're strategic in terms of partnerships that way. So we're trying to now actively go away from just where we are and house courses in different locations also, and then help with the other businesses that are trying to also become education partners. So there's lots of different strings to it. Yeah, most definitely a lot of opportunity and in this, you know, fitness business, it's constantly evolving and constantly growing. And I'm sure that your business will kind of constantly evolve and grow as the fitness business does. And there's a lot of opportunity had there. So I appreciate mm. hearing your insight today, Stu. And, you know, like I said, this is kind of a little bit different for us. So, you know, hearing what you do, um, it's probably helpful for somebody that's listening to this out there. Um, where can so. our listeners go to kind of find more about you online? Okay, so um, T2 Fitness Education uh, on uh, Facebook and on Instagram, T2 Fitness Ed on Twitter, uh, and then we've our websites which are t2awards.com and t2fitness.co.uk. Um, so I'm happy to, to, to speak to anybody that wants to talk. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your insight, your value. Thank you for being here. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Ross from Boss Box Fit in Sheffield, United Kingdom. What's up, Ross? How are you today? How's it going? Everything's good over here. Good, good. Glad to hear it. All right, cool. So let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the, what's the story there? Right. Uh, I started boxing when I was eight years old. Um, I was really good at boxing. I boxed up until I was 16, and then I joined the British Army. Um, I ended up boxing for the British Army. I became number one for the Army, the Navy, and the RAF. Um, did brilliant. I was combined service champion, and then I had a, I traveled the world boxing with them, and then I had a chance to turn professional. So I turned professional while still in the Army. So I became the first British soldier in history to become a professional boxer. So that was pretty good in itself. I boxed for about nine, 10 years as, as a professional, but I got injured. Uh, my arm dislocated five times during my career. So it caused me to retire. So the next best thing was training people what I did. So I started training people, but the money's not all there in boxing as a trainer. And I thought, maybe go down the fitness route. So I did all my courses, mixed the boxing in with it, and then I mixed the military training, fitness training in. So then I started doing like boot camps. Then I came up with Boss Box Fit, and now I do boxing, size, boxing fitness, strength and conditioning, everything all in one. Love that. That that was very smart to make that move because you're right. Like a, a lot of times within the martial arts industry, it's more specialized and there aren't a huge amount of people that necessarily want those specific services. So if you yeah, can so open it up and combine the martial arts aspect with general population fitness training, that's kind of the best That's of both it. worlds. And then it still allows you to do the more specific training as well, 
but yeah. the the general population fitness side of things really helps to generate some revenue and provide a solid foundation for the business itself. That's the thing. It's like the money as well. The revenue is great, but it's like helping people as well. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to be a boxer. Right. So I get like, I get footballers coming in. I get people what's uh, like 90 kilograms or more coming in to train with me because they should only be 70 kilograms. You know what I mean? So it's like, I get a mixture of people, men, women, children. I do children's boxing classes, but other gyms around where I am, they do all contact boxing. So if you've got a kid, you don't want your kid generally getting it if they just you just want to learn them self-defense. So I do non-contact boxing classes and mm-hmm. that's going down great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that's awesome. I love to hear that. So um Walk us through your business model, how you structure things. Do you do only classes? Do you do semi-privates? Do you do private sessions? Kind of walk us through what the layout looks like there. So, right, on a like day-to-day routine, um, I start, I get to the gym, open up 6 a.m. 6.15, I have my first client. So in the morning, I have to do one-to-one or I do small group sessions, but it's all private. So it's all, say, if you and a group of girlfriends wanted to book in, you can book in, hire it out for that. It's a 40-minute slot. So 40 minutes, you get this training done. Within five minutes, I have the next client coming in. So like 7 a.m., I have the next client or a group of clients coming in. That's all the way up until 9.15. I have my last client. They finish at uh, 9.55. Then I do a class at 10. And I don't do it as booking. I, at first, I used to do it where people could book in. But people don't want to be under pressure. This is what I felt over the past six years, seven years doing it. Not everyone wants the pressure. If they've booked in and they've paid or they have to go to class, so I leave it so they've got their own free will. If they turn up, they turn up. So it's all just walk-in service. Everything's pay-as-you-go, no, no membership fees. And for me, out of all the gyms around here, it works the best. And then 10, 10.40, 10.40, I finish that class, then I do a one-to-one, 11.30, and then I have a break. I like to enjoy my life as well. So between 11.30 and 3.45, I just do live my life. Then I go back to the gym for 3.45, I'm my first client. Then I usually finish around 7.30 p.m., 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. and then I come home. And so that's my. So I'm still doing like a 10, 12-hour day, but it's just I get a gap in between, so... Right. I get to enjoy myself. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I would say uh, we work when everybody else isn't working, right? And when everybody else is working, we get a little bit of free time. So, yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's typically the way that it goes. Um, Now, how many clients or members are you currently serving at the facility right now? I have around, I'd say around, coming through my doors, I have around two to three, 200 a week two to three hundred but it just like i said because i do it where you don't have to book it can be it's so unpredictable some days you could have a class on there could be one or two turn up then other days it could be 28 turn up mm-hmm. for instance yesterday i've got 20 bags in the gym and like i say i focus it all around boxing but not you don't wear gloves every session so some classes are all hit some are strength and conditioning or a mix of kettlebell classing with a bag class. Yesterday, every bag was taken. Yesterday morning at 10 a.m. Monday, there was about 17 on a class. This morning, there was three. So it's just, but you've got to take the rough with the smooth as well. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that definitely makes it a little bit challenging to plan. Yeah. What, cla- what class you're going to do. So, because I've been like, because um, I've boxed for so long and I've been in that many gyms and like I say, with the army, doing different military style circuits. I know if this, depending on the people what say, I think, right, I might teach them a bit of boxing, so pad work. So that's what I do on my one-to-ones. So then if I've got a class of three people like this morning and I take them on the pads, they think, oh, I want to try a bit of this. So then it steers them onto a one-to-one as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a good good way to get new clients for different things yeah for sure and as far as acquiring new clients goes what are you doing to get new people in the doors 
do everything's social media and word of mouth. Um, in the last, I'd say, my first gym I ever opened was in 2009. Mm-hmm. But I was still boxing and I was pretty high level. I was boxing for like titles then. So while I was training people, people was, I was trying to train myself and it didn't work. So I closed the gym. I, I passed the gym on to my friends. Back then I was like doing lots of like um, taking leaflets around, advertising in local papers. And it didn't get that much attention. Everything, it's like, I feel it's word of mouth works or Google, Google reviews. My Google reviews are brilliant. So now I don't do anything apart from that. And like just the other day, I had a new footballer start coming who plays in the Premier League over here. And it's all down to my Google reviews and Facebook. So I think that's the best way to do it. Okay. And so do you run paid advertising through Facebook at all or it's all... Not really. I've okay. done it once or twice, but um, a while ago I used to do white collar. I used to promote white collar boxing. So the people said twenty people had trained with me for six to eight weeks, and then I'd put them on a boxing show at the end of it. So, and that's the only time I've done pay, Facebook paid advertising. Okay, so. Are you happy with the rate of growth within the business currently? based only on word of mouth? Yes. Well, on the 1st of September, I get my keys for my new gym. I've been at these premises for four and a half years now, and I'm expanding. It's not too much bigger, but it's a little bit bigger to to help for the clientele, the uptake of it. So that's Mm -hmm. good. Okay. All right. So expanding into a a larger space. Yes. That's that's exciting. Okay. And I always get asked if I could do it, like if I could franchise out, but it wouldn't work without me there. I'm Ross the boss, so Boss Box Fit wouldn't work without me. I've got people, I've got a couple of people, guys who help me when I'm away or things like that, and my clients love them, but they love my classes. It's it's me what makes it, so that's why I want to stick to just just doing how I how I am, and it's it's working fine. Yeah. Okay. And on a monthly basis, how many new clients are you getting? It's an odd, it's an odd one. Like obviously in all, in all gyms, January to like March is absolutely even. April, May, June, it steadies off a bit. Then like now people's got the holidays out of the way. This week already, what we on Tuesday, I have, I had two new people in yesterday I've had one new woman in today. It, it can vary. It can have 10 a week, can have 20 a week. It, you just don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So looking at growth and scaling and getting to the next level, that's the only thing that's tough about word of mouth is that it's not really trackable or reliable. That, that's the only thing. But what, what I do think, what, once you've got them in once, if you've got the gift of the gab and you train them well, they're not going to go anywhere else. So that's it. Once you've got them in, you're all pretty much okay. But like you say, it's getting them in, like you say, through word of mouth. But I don't, I, lots of gyms put the deals on uh, where you have so many, if you bring a friend, I don't even do that. I just, I just keep it. Everybody pays the same and it it works for me, but for another person, it might not work. Yeah. Right. It's, it's challenging to track, you know, yeah. just membership wise and, um, and growth wise. So speaking of growth, what, what are you focusing on? Where would you like to take the business? Uh, where are you directing most of your attention right now within the business? I love, I love the group classes, mm-hmm. but the one, one-to-ones, like I've got the odd, the odd, uh, like junior boxer, amateur, train with me for one-to-ones like they box for other gyms but they come to me for one-to-ones and for pad work and bits of sparring I love seeing them progress so that that's a bit because that's like close to my art so that's good I, I like seeing them progress but that come my classes I've got people what train with me it helps their mental health so there's it's a it's an odd one with me boxing I've always had something to aim for and the next title the next level in this, I'm pretty content in what I'm doing. 
I don't see I need to like expand any more than I am doing because it's a close, not a close thing, but everybody what comes is like a family. They love coming. All my all my classes are set time, so I do 10 a.m., 4.30, and 6 o'clock every day, Monday to Friday, and then on a Saturday, do I, I do 11 o'clock class and then two kids' classes. And everybody what comes, if they don't, they don't come to one class, they're on the other, so everybody tends to know each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's working like that. If one goes, you tend to get two new people. It's weird how it works. It's just like keeps rolling on. So I'm happy with the model of, of how it's working right now. I don't need to expand any further because I'm not greedy either. I like it. So sometimes if you're in a gym, there's too many people, you're on a class. You don't get that. It's pretty one-to-one with me, even though there could be 20, 30 people on a class. I still go around telling them how to have their hands up if they even on a box size class I try and teach everyone a bit of self-defense mm-hmm. okay and do you have trainers that help you out or is it just you yeah yeah I've got two trainers uh Victoria and Matt they help me out they're absolutely brilliant I've taught them everything I know with boxer size and they've mm-hmm. actually gone and done their own fitness courses as well so they've done the fitness side of things but boxing is what I know inside out, so I show them that. Got it. Okay. And so one thing I always love to ask about, because there tends to always be something that's top of mind within the business that grabs a lot of our attention or something that we would like to improve within the business. So yeah. if there were one thing that you could improve in the business, what would that be? Oof. I could take more holidays. I could get more trainers helping me and cover me, but that's not going to happen. Why not? Because, like I said, the the people want me there. It's me what makes it. I attract them. So, it's, I've I've done it with different over the years. A few different trainers in there, and like the ones I've got now are absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. But when I'm not there. People do miss it. They say a week or two is fine when you're away, but we couldn't put where you've been away for longer than that. So that's why I haven't set up another gym where I do half and half because the days I wasn't going to one gym and going to the other, people mm-hmm. wouldn't turn up. So that's why. But like I say, I'm, I'm happy with how it's totally going. It's running perfect. So I, I do love having new clients come through. I like new faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Same with one-to-ones. Uh, my one-to-ones, it's got to a point now where people are booking. I do like uh, group bookings. like so. Sorry, like block bookings so they can do four sessions for X amount. People are now booking them for every day of the week. So they're doing every week. I'm getting the same person. I like to say 9, 9.15, same person at 7 a.m., and it's good because it's like a little, you know, when you're in the gym, it's like you can let your hair down, talk to them because you, you become friends with your clients as well. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy that and they enjoy that with me. Some Sometimes some come and they just vent more than they actually train. But if that helps them, so be it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge part of it as well, right? Being a, a trainer, a gym owner, a lot of times you're like people's therapists as well, right? You're, so, like, you're a social worker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They come like, to release everything, you know. So even like the children what come, parents will ring me and say, Oh, so and so's not behaving at school. Can you have a word with him when he comes to class? Or this girl's been picked on. Can you have a word with her not to pick on? And it's like you're dealing with everything, but yes. it's good. I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so how do you so this is something that you see yourself doing until when, like through retirement, because it's like, if you can never leave, you know, how does that work as far as ever being able to step away? I think, I think about this all the time. Cause my first uh, box, my, well, my, when I turned professional, my trainer, who, he was my manager as well. That's where I got the concept from of boxer size classes mm-hmm. through growing up in his gym. It was just boxing, boxing, boxing. And then to create re- more revenue, he started doing the box size classes. Mm-hmm. And now he's 60 odd years old and still doing it and still loving it. And the gym, the gym's about uh, ten mi- eight miles away from me. 
and I still go down and see him. And and he always says, if something's working, don't change it. Mm-hmm. So and it's and that's that's what I've always stuck to that. If it's if it's working, what there's no point in changing it. There's no point in reinventing the wheel. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I can see me doing it for a long time. Unless I win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, all right. So before we start to wrap up, I always like to ask about uh, what is one of the most important things that you've learned throughout your time in owning a gym? There are many things that you learn along the way, but what are um, what is rather one of the things that really sticks out to you as being one of the most important things? When you've made rules, stick to them. Don't bend them for nobody. That's a good one. Stick to your rules. You've got it set. They're your rules. You're the boss. And that's it. Mm-hmm. No one, and then everybody knows where they stand. Because if, if you're in a gym and there's one person, you let them take, kind of take the pace. The next person. So you stick to your rules. And that's it. Yes. That's huge. That's a really good one because a lot of gym owners struggle with the line between friendship and yeah. business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And once that line gets blurred, there's no going back. That's right? it. Yeah. And then yeah. people expect special treatment from you. They expect special things. And, and then if it's- someone else sees it, if someone else sees it, they want it. And it's- so now stick to your rules, stick to your prices. Yes. You've set them. If they don't like it, there's a million other gyms to go to. Right. And and that that and I say that all the time. Sometimes if someone moans, I say, there's a gym doing an offer down the road, good there. Yeah. Because it don't not being harsh, but it don't bother me. This there's, there's always another thousand people to come through the door. So right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are plenty of people that need fitness in their lives in some capacity. That's right? it. And everyone will have their own what they like is in a gym. Some people might come to me and not like the gym. I could have a gym open up the next door, next door to me. Mm-hmm. It would not bother me one bit because right. I know what I do works and that's it. Right. That's a really good perspective to have and a really good thing for the listeners to hear because so many gym owners are always worried about the guy next door and what they're doing and yeah. what their pricing is. And, you know, they get worried when uh, like larger corporately owned facilities move into the area and That's they it, get yeah. so hung up on that, that it actually ends up hurting their business. Yeah. So like one of my friends, uh, he's got a gym about six kilometers away from me. Mm-hmm. I've got, there's a gym near me. What's my other friend? He's got a weight gym. He's probably a, not even a kilometer. But if my if someone comes in gym and they say, they ask me, oh, I prefer doing this, I say, go up to him. It doesn't, it don't bother me. And then same with my mate, his missus, she'll phone me, she'll go, Ross, we don't want to personal train this guy. Can we send him to you? And it works like that. If you can have a good relationship with gyms, so I've known in the past other gyms, they'll go, Oh, you can't go, oh, I don't like you going here if you're training with me. I say it's good because you're getting a wide wide range of training. You're picking different things up and you know what works for you then. So I don't mind if someone trains with me on a Monday, goes to him on a Tuesday, someone else on a Wednesday, it doesn't bother me. And right. then I think I think it helps being flexible like that. People like that as well. So mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a very good perspective to have. And um, like I said, good for the listeners to hear, to yeah. not get caught up in the noise and what everybody else is yeah. Go and do it really, really well. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So I'm on Facebook. It's under Boss Box Fit, all one word. Uh, Instagram, Boss Box Fit also, or on my personal Ross Birkin show, Ross the Boss Birkin show. I've kept my box in there. Awesome. It helps to check clients. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So Ross from Boss Box Fit in Sheffield, United Kingdom. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so Thank great you. having you on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.